This morning we move on to the fifth chapter of Mark. This is where Jesus is confronted by a demon-possessed man. However, this demon-possessed man is more dangerous, more powerful, and more destructive than the others that Jesus has encountered thus far in his ministry. We, we find the story in Mark 5, verses 1 through 20. Let, let me read it for you. It's a little long, but a great story. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the, in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When, when he saw Jesus from a distance... He ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He, he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked the man, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to, to send them out of the region. A, a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has been merciful to you. But, but the man went away and began... The, so the man went away... And began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Let's pray. Dear, dear Father, we too join the people. We are amazed at this story. And God, I pray that you will open our hearts and minds to receive the lessons that are in this story for us. And so God, open uh, open our hearts, minds. Uh, speak to us today. Help us to be not just hearers of your word, but doers. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. The fourth chapter of Mark concludes with the story of Jesus and his disciples 
on the Sea of Galilee during a fierce storm. And we learn in that story, along with his disciples, that Jesus has the power to quiet the stormy seas. He has the power to quiet the storms in our hearts and minds, the power to bring us the peace of God during life's storms. Well, in today's story, Jesus isn't dealing with a fierce storm, but with a fierce demon-possessed man who comes up to meet him as soon as he comes, climbs out of the boat the next morning. Just listen again to how Mark describes the demon-possessed man, Mark 5, 1-4. through they, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. This man has an evil spirit from Satan living in him. He is living among the dead in the cemetery, which is just contrary to Jewish law and contrary to, to, to natural human instinct. He is, he's got supernatural power. I mean, if someone tries to chain him or subdue him, he simply pulls the chain and the irons apart. I mean, this is one scary guy, and I wouldn't want to meet him. And yet the truth is, is that we meet an even scarier guy every day of our lives. See, the devil that was at work in this man's life is also active in our lives and in our world. The Apostle Paul makes that clear in Ephesians 6.12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul wants us to know as Christians that we will confront Satan and his evil demonic forces in our lives. And that's exactly what Jesus wanted his disciples to know here in Mark 4. That they, like us, will confront Satan and his evil forces in their lives. But just as Jesus has the power... As he had the power over the fierce squall in the last chapter, Jesus has the power over the devil and his evil demons in this chapter. And so in this story, we're going to learn some lessons. Some lessons about Satan's power and about Jesus' power. I mean, the first lesson is about Satan's power. Satan's power can destroy a person's life. Satan's power had, had destroyed this demon-possessed man's life. Mark, Mark 5, 5 describes his life. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Luke eight twenty seven kind of adds to the description. It says, when Jesus stepped ashore, he, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the, from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. At one point, this man lived, among others, there in the village. 
He had lived a normal life. He had lived in a house and wore clothes. But at some point, the devil's demons had entered him and he went wild. No one could control him. And so finally they drove him out of town to live in the town's cemetery. Living there as a madman, crying out all day and hurting himself with sharp stones. Satan had literally destroyed this man's life. The demons had destroyed him socially, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. That's the very business that the devil is still in today, destroying people's lives. He is the thief described by Jesus in John 10.10. He says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus came to give people life, to give us life and life more abundant. But Satan the thief comes to destroy lives. And we see, sadly, the tragic results of his destruction in people's lives all around us. And we know of the devil's destruction in our own lives, even as Christians. I mean, he will do everything that he can to destroy our faith in Jesus. He will do everything that he can to tempt us away from Christian living. We know this first lesson far too well. Satan's power can destroy a person's life. The second lesson. Jesus' power overwhelms Satan's power. While the devil's power is great, Jesus' power is far greater. This is the main lesson in this story. Look at Mark 5, 6-8. through 8. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his lungs, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to me, swear to God, that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Incredibly, this demon-possessed man comes out of the tomb... And he falls down before Jesus. The demons in him recognize the Lord's greatness. I mean, they know who Jesus is. They know that he is the son of the most high God. And they, they, they also know that they have no power over Jesus. He has the power to do whatever he wants with them. He can cast them out or, or torment them. It's interesting what happens next, Mark 5, 9 and 10. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. Jesus probably asked the disciple, this demon's name so, so that we and his disciples would know that this man was not filled with just one demon, but he was filled with many demons. His name was Legion. A Roman legion back in that day was made up of between 3,000 and 6,000 men. This man was full, literally full of demons. He was full of demonic power. Now that may have intimidated other people, but it did not intimidate Jesus. He was going to destroy these demons once and for all. Mark 5, 10 through 13, and he begged Jesus, and he begged Jesus, talking about the demon now, 
again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs, and the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep banks into the lake and were drowned. It is clear in this passage that Jesus has all the power. The demons have no power to do anything except that which Jesus permits them to do. The demons beg that they might go into the pigs, and Jesus gives them permission to go into the pigs. And they go into the pigs. And imagine this picture. The whole herd of them rush down the steep bank into the sea, and they're drowned. Again, this shows the destructive nature of Satan's demons. They are out to destroy these pigs, and they are out to destroy people's lives. But we must remember that Jesus' power is far greater than the devil's power. That was true in that day, and people, that is true today. The Apostle John assures us in 1 John 4.4, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God's Holy Spirit lived in Jesus. And it was that spirit that empowered Jesus to cast out these evil demons. Now that same Holy Spirit lives in us as Jesus' disciples. When we become Christians, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. And that spirit empowers us. Empowers us to have victory over Satan, his demons, and his temptations. We need this second lesson. Jesus' power overwhelms Satan's power. Which brings us to the third lesson. And that is that Jesus' power can restore a person's life destroyed by Satan. Mark 5, verses 14 and 15 those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. With a simple command, Jesus had told the demons to come out of the man. And they came out of the man. He cast them out. And the man's life was restored. For years he had been running around like a wild man among the tombs. And yet the picture here now is of him sitting next to Jesus. Dressed and in his right mind. As I said earlier, Satan had destroyed him socially, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. But now Jesus had restored him. Socially, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. That was the business that Jesus was in during his ministry, and that is the business that Jesus is still in today, restoring lives that the devil has destroyed. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Paul didn't just write those words. He lived out those words. Remember, he was a murderer. 
He was trying to do everything that he could to destroy the church. That was until he met Jesus, and all of that changed with Jesus. Paul became a new creation. He became one of his disciples, trying to do everything that he could to grow the church. See, in Christ, the old has gone and the new has come. That was true for Paul. That was true for this demon-possessed man, and to one degree or another, that is true. For every disciple of Jesus, our lives have been restored by Jesus. And we must never forget that as we look at the world around us, because Jesus is the only one, He is the only one with the power to restore a person's life destroyed by Satan. That's the third lesson. Last week in chapter 4, Jesus showed his power over the wind and the waves, and his disciples were in awe of what he had done. Today in chapter 5, Jesus has shown his power over these evil demons, and there are two responses we see. One from the townspeople, and the other from the man who had been restored. One, the wrong response, and the other, the right response. The wrong response to Jesus' power is to fear him and and to push him away. We we see this response among the town's people. Mark Mark 5, 15 through 17. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. And then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. I mean, the people are amazed at what Jesus has done. They are amazed with his power, and and yet at the same time, they are frightened by him and his power. They they could see that this man was totally changed, but they could also look and see the sea full of dead pigs. I mean, what were they going to do with Jesus who had this kind of power? What what else could help him? What else could happen? What, what, What else might he destroy? Well, they didn't want to find out. And so they begged Jesus to leave, and he left And as a result, they never get the opportunity to get to know Jesus. And they never get the opportunity to know the change that he could make in their lives. And unfortunately, people can make that same choice today. In their fear of Jesus and his power, they push him away. What change? What change might he bring to my life? What might it cost me? What what might he take away from me? You know, it's easy to keep living the life the same way that you've always lived it, without Jesus. However, to make that choice, people, to make that choice is to miss the opportunity to get to know Jesus and to miss the opportunity to know the change that He could make in your life. The wrong response to Jesus' power is to fear Him and push Him away. The right response to Jesus' power is to surrender to Him and obey Him. We see this response of the man whose life Jesus had just restored. Mark 5, 18 through 20. 
As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and, and how he has had mercy on you. And so the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. The town people begged Jesus to leave. But the man begs Jesus that he might go with him. He wanted to be one of his disciples. He wanted to follow him. But Jesus did not want this man to come with him. Instead, he wanted him to be a disciple, but he wanted him to stay there among the garrisons and to tell everyone about everything he had mercifully done for him. And, and that's what the man does. He, he, he surrenders his life to Jesus and begins doing what Jesus wants him to do. He goes out into the entire region, into Decapolis, and that, the, the word Decapolis means the ten cities, the ten cities there among the garrisons. And he begins telling everyone about the great things that Jesus had done for him. And the people who heard him were amazed at what he told them. I mean, he does have quite a testimony here, doesn't he? I mean, he was a man whose Satan's demons had destroyed and yet whose life, Jesus, had powerfully restored. Now, people, our testimony may not be as dramatic as this man. And yet we as disciples of Jesus today are still to tell about the great things that Jesus has graciously done to change our lives and to change others' lives. Jesus had to leave that area, but he left this man behind as a witness. And Jesus, many years ago, a couple thousand years ago about now, he left this earth, but he left his disciples behind as a witness. And we're to be that witness. See, the right response to Jesus' power is to surrender to him and obey him. That, that brings us to our practical application. What, what are we going to do as a result of this morning's message? Let, let me suggest four action steps. Number one, be aware that Satan and his demons are out to destroy your life and your faith in Jesus. We, we saw it in, in what they did to this demon-possessed man. They destroyed his life. And people, they, he has the power to destroy your life. He has the power to destroy your faith. You know, we, we may, again, not think very much about Satan being real, but Satan is real. The devil's real. And he's out to hurt us, and we need to be aware of that. Number two, realize that while the devil's power is great, Jesus' power is far greater to restore your life. I mean, Jesus' power, the one who lives in us, is greater than the one who lives in the world. And, and, and we need to remember that. He has the power to restore our lives. And so third, if you're not a Christian, surrender your life to Him and obey Him. I, I, I mean, our encouragement every week is for you to think about where you stand in relationship with Jesus and whether you know Him as Lord and Savior. And our invitation every week is to get to know Him and to trust Him and to surrender your life to Him.
And then action step number four. If you're already a Christian, share with others the great things that Jesus has done for you and for others. That's our task. You know, Jesus changed me. And it's a message I need to share. It's a message we all need to share. Well, let's bow for prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so very much for this powerful story today. We thank you for the powerful lessons that are in it. We thank you so very much for your son. We thank you for his example here. But more importantly, we thank you for his power here. And not only in the scriptures, but his power here in our world, in our lives. And God, I pray that his power might be at work among us. God, I pray for each individual who's listening today who may not know your son as Savior. And God, I pray that you'll be at work in their lives, bringing them into a relationship with you. And I pray for us who are believers that you'll help us to be a powerful witness. That we might recognize that the one who lives in us, the Holy Spirit that lives in us, is greater than the devil's power. And so we're praying for your working. You're working in our lives. You're working in our church. You're working in our community. And you're working in our nation. You're working in our world. We pray all this in the powerful name of your son Jesus. Amen. We again want to thank you for listening today and sharing with us. I pray that you've been challenged, and if there's some way that we can minister to you, we, we want to do that. And so if, if you want to get a hold of us, you can contact us through our church phone, uh, 217-379-4443. You can also contact through our website, uh, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. Uh, we have a contact page there, and we'll get a message uh, letting, you know that, letting us know that you'd, you'd like to talk. And so, we thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to share. And we look forward to sharing with you again next Sunday. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.